thank you for listening to my podcast, Parkour Ed. I thought before starting today's episode, I would just have a word with you to thank a few people. I'd like to start off by thanking all the people who have been on the show, all of the people who have agreed to be interviewed and, you know, talked about themselves. Going all the way back to 2017, there was Julie Taylor, Letitia Gilbert, Patricia Zahnbrecher. Let's see, who else have we had? Olivier Massis, Robert Castile, Stephanie Guérinot, Sébastien Clergeau, Nicole Comar, Juliette Kudlikowski, Colin Seller, Rick Smith, Tantali Rahobisoa, Caroline Wardensky, Claude Chassa, Benjamin Rafrafi. Aurora Benitez Perez, Marie Papillon, Benjamin Perez, David Binon, Soraya Hassein, Lavanya Ramachandran Calais, Marie Daly, Zhu Suching, Jean-Marc Deromedi, Clément Bluteau, and today we have Mr. Honda. That's a lot of people who have taken some time out of their day and shared their parkour with us, how they got here, and just told us stuff about themselves that I found interesting, and obviously you did too, otherwise you wouldn't be listening now. So I want to thank those people, and I want to encourage others out there, if you're interested in sharing your story, please send me an email at colindaily at gmail.com, that's C-O-L-I-N. D-A-I-L-E-Y at gmail.com. I'd love to get you on the show and hear what you have to say. I really can't thank these people enough. It's not easy to oftentimes talk in a foreign language, answer questions that can get really personal. But, you know, you can do it. Have faith in yourself. Your story is interesting, so please come and share it. I mentioned Letitia, Letitia Gilbert. She was a French teacher here back in 2017. She currently has her own podcast in French called Tout sur ma mère. It's all about women and the relationships with their mothers. It's in French. It can be found on all of the podcast platforms too. Another thing I wanted to share with you is that our next episode after today's episode will go back to the original format of being about music. Nathalie Ribet, who is the founder of Sing Theater, will be coming in, along with many members of the IFS who are participating in a show to talk about the Jean-Jacques Goldman Au bout de mes rêves concert, which will be on April 2nd. Many of us from IFS are participating, including students and teachers and admin staff. Check it out to find out who will be participating. And if you're curious, you can go onto the Sing Theater website and you can order your tickets for April 2nd. There are three shows. It's a contribution that's tax deductible. Tickets are selling fast, so don't put it off if you're interested in Jean-Jacques Goldman. I really encourage you to go and check that out. While I'm talking about people involved in things around IFS, talking about music, talking about podcasting, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my friend and neighbor, Vincent Catania. Vincent Catania is a professional musician who lives here in Singapore, right near the school, and he also has an after-school podcast activity with some middle school kids. The podcast produced by Vincent Catania with the students at best is called Nouvelle Génération. So you can go on Spotify and find Nouvelle Génération and check out what he's doing with IFS students. So far, there are two episodes up there. He also does a French podcast called Mon Beau Ciné, where he talks about the music 
in films, not just French films, but all kinds of films, with great music. And you can find that podcast on Art District Radio. They have their own app, or you can find the recorded versions on Spotify. I've got a playlist with all the ones that I've found. I can put a link in the show notes. But Mombo Cine is something you really want to check out. You will also find Tout Sur Ma Mère on Spotify as well. So please check that out too. So there are a lot of things going on at our school and a lot of people here doing wonderful things and I'm just grateful to be a part of it. So I thought I'd share those things with you. Thank you for letting me take up a little time and now let's get started with Mr. Honda. This interview was recorded on Wednesday, February 8th, 2023 at the IFS 3C Media Center Web Radio Lab. This is Colin Daly with Parkour Ed, a program in which I interview members of the IFS community to find out what led them here to the IFS to us. Today I have a special guest. I'm going to let him introduce himself. We always start off by asking, what's your name? Hi, everyone. My name is Honda, H-O-N-D-A, the car. I'm a Mandarin teacher in IFS. I have been teaching here for one year. <laughs> Well, yeah. thank you for being with us, Honda. <laughs> it's interesting. You said Honda, like the car. Yeah. And I'm a motorcycle enthusiast. <laughs> so when I heard Honda, I immediately thought of the motorcycle. Yeah, you will forget me. <laughs> I won't forget you. Tell us about your name. How did you get the name Honda? My Chinese name is Honda. My old Chinese name, Honda. So easy to translate from Chinese to English, Honda. So yeah, easy to remember. But I changed my Chinese name. But I didn't change my English name. So you still remember me. <laughs> so your English name mm -hmm. is Honda. Yes, correct. And your Chinese name is Honda, but it's been changed. Yes. So yes. now it's, Hon it's Honda, but yes. it's pronounced Honda? Yep, correct. And did you decide to change it? Yeah, because my whole family changed. Because, you know, Chinese family culture, they believe in feng shui. So some master, feng shui master to calculate the names. And then the feng shui master said, yeah, the whole family member should change the names. So we whole family. That's we, amazing. Yeah. From my father, my sister, my cousin, my auntie, uncle, all change name. That is interesting. I've yeah. never heard that before. When were you born? I'm quite old. I was born in... Uh, 1980. 19, so you were born in 1980. So how long did you have the name Honda? Until high school. So all of your family changed at the same time yeah. when you were in high school. Yes. Yeah. How many people did this affect at the time? Tw 20 or 30. 20 or 30 people. Yeah, because include, including my father, my mom's side, all my mom's sibling, uncles, auntie, and my cousins, uh, even my grandparents. So we all ch uh, changed the name. Is this common or is this very uncommon? It's, it's, it's not common. The it's whole family common. changed the name because we believe in the feng shui master. So yes. we, he suggests us to change the name after his calculations according to Zodiac, the time you're born, and then the lunar calendars, all these things. Yeah. So that it's a big change. Amazing. So this yeah. would have been in the mid-90s, right? So you were yeah. born in the 80, in 1980. In the mid-90s, you changed yeah. – your whole family changed their name. Yeah. Yeah. And this must have had a huge effect on, on your everyday life, banking, administrative details, driver's licenses, rents, mortgages, everything. Uh -huh. How did you handle that? We changed the Chinese name because in 
my country, I, I was from Malaysia. Oh, I, I, I born in Malaysia. Great. And in Malaysia, according to the identity card, is um, English named. That's why we don't change the English name. We change our Chinese name. But the Chinese name is not reflect on the identity card. So it's not affect our banking or any document documentation. Did most of your family stay in Malaysia or had everybody moved into Singapore? Uh, some of my family members in Malaysia, Taiwan, Singapore, Indonesia, Hong Kong, China. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, let's get down to the details. <laughs> so you were born in Malaysia. Yeah. What part of Malaysia? Johor Bahru. Johor Bahru, right across the causeway. Yeah. I born in a small town. It's called Pekananas. This is a pineapple town. Uh, by the time I'm born, there's no more pineapple. No, no more, more pi- pineapples. Yeah, but long, long ago, there's a pineapple town, which means famous in plant ty- pineapple. I see. Okay. But after I in secondary school, I moved to Johor Bahru, which means the city. In mm-hmm. Johor, and all the way until I go to university in Taiwan. So I finished my secondary school in Malaysia, Johor Bahru. After that, I moved to Taiwan to continue my high school and my university. Oh, so you did high school in Taiwan? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay, so now uh, let me get to the name of this pineapple town. Yeah. Does it still exist or did it yeah, disappear? Still, yeah. what, what was the name of the Pekan town? Nanas. Pekan Nanas. Oh, yeah. it was actually called. Yeah. Nanas, I yeah, assume, ananas. means pineapple, right? Yeah, it's so yeah. similar to the French. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So Pekan Nanas. Yeah. And where does that locate it? From Tuas to Pekan Nanas is about 40 minutes. From oh. Ulen to Pekan Nanas is about one, one hour and 30 minutes. It's a small town. So yeah. just on a side, so the, did the pineapples get replaced with palm oil? Is that? It, yeah, correct. The monoculture is quite something to see yes, in, in Malaysia. Malaysia. Yeah, it's like my grand, grandparents, they, planted, they have a few land, just plant the palm oil. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that is a reality that we live with here. <laughs> Money. <isn't it>? Yes. <laughs> Chinese. <laughs> it is. So when you were in primary school, mm-hmm. you were in a small town. Yeah. All right. Yep. Many brothers and sisters? I have one sister. One sister. So mm-hmm. you and your sister were in the small town. Yeah. Did you have cousins around too? A lot yeah, of family? My, my fathers, my uncles, my aunties. From my father's side, all in Pakandanas. Pakandanas. So yeah. you're extended family, a lot of people around. Yeah. And was it near the water at all? Did you have a river or did you have a seaside or just a... This is a small town. Just a small town. <laughs> just a small town. The main language at home, was it a form of Chinese? What did you speak at home? I speak a few dialects. My grandmother is Teochew okay. and my dad is Hokkien. So I can speak Hokkien and Teochew. I can speak Malay language because in Malaysia and English. And because I'm staying in Taiwan, I meet some Hong Kong people. So I know how to speak Cantonese. I'm, I'm learning French now. <laughs> Très, bien. Très bien. So most of the kids your age when you were in primary school would have been of Chinese descent or mixed yeah. descent? Mixed. Or mixed. Like we have Chinese, Peranican Malay. Or yeah, all. Malay, everything. Yeah, multiracial and, country. And do they have so, something like Singlish where they mix all the language, like Malaysian Singlish? Yeah, I can. Maling, sp- Malinguish or? Manglish. Manglish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can speak too. When I... When you heard I speak Chinese, the, the way is different from, um, let's say, I speak in Malay, Malaysian Chinese and Singaporean Chinese and Taiwanese Chinese is totally different. The language I use in class is, I can consider standard Chinese, which is more like Taiwanese Chinese at accent. But when I back to home, I will talk to my dad or my, my family member in Malaysian Chinese, which means... Easy to identify. This is Malaysian. This is Taiwanese. I can switch my tone. You can just code switch back yeah. and forth. I was having a discussion with some friends just last night, and we were talking about which language we use when we speak to certain people. My wife and I speak French to each other. She's French. I'm American. And we talked about how 
At times we tried to switch and just speak English for various reasons, but it felt like we were different people in a sort of way. Do you ever get that feeling that uh, you take on a different kind of attitude or persona depending on the language you're using? For example, if I use a Taiwanese accent to talk to my parents or my family member, they'll feel, what happened to you, Honda? Are you okay? Yeah, so I feel that the sense of belonging, when I use the tone to talk to my family member, this is... I'm home. I can use the natural language, my mother tongue, the mother language to talk to my parents. No need to think about the grammar, the vocabulary I use, the sentence shots, just say it out. But when I'm in class or talk to my professional friends, I have to concern about the language I use. Is it professional? Is it a correct accent, but tones? Because I'm a Chinese language teacher, I must focus on my tones, the sentence structure, the vocabulary, even the facial expressions. You said that starting in high school. Yeah, yeah. So you finished your middle school. Mm -hmm. And is there an exam at a certain age? Yeah, yeah. Like Because what, what age group would that be? 18 years old. Oh, so that's pretty much the same as say the end mm -hmm. of high school for a French yeah. program or an American program. So at the end of 17 years, yeah. or at the end of your, you would call that high school, wouldn't you? Or it, Secondary school. Secondary school. Mm. And then it was... Co junior college or college afterwards? After that, I went to Taiwan. There's a university. You know, it's a high school under a university. All right. Yeah. So it's called Foundation, yeah? I see. So what, what was the catalyst to go to Taiwan instead of continuing in Malaysia? Uh, Malaysian Chinese, the opportunity is compared with other race is quite low. Yeah. So there's some political issues. Oh, yeah. I see. Yeah. For <laughs> Chinese, we prefer to go to overseas. I see. Is yeah. that, so that's common then? Yeah. Or you can go to Singapore, Taiwan or China. But back to that time, China is not so welcome foreigner. So uh, I select Taiwan and scholarship. And um, I can get a part-time job there. It's easier. And the uh, common language is Chinese. The culture is almost the same as Malaysia. So it's okay for me. How long did you live in Taiwan? About six years. It's a beautiful place. I lived there for four years back in the early 90s. Which part of Taiwan you stay? I lived in Shilin. Shilin. And also Tiamu. And then at the end, Beitou. Uh-huh. So not far from, you know, Chinese yeah. Culture University was up on the hill. Yes, 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 yes. I loved it. It was a beautiful yes, place. It's, it felt... It felt like an American China, you know, because <laughs> of the, the link with the United States. Yes. Madam Chiang Kai-shek was an American, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> so you studied in China, so you did what would be considered junior college, I it, suppose, and then you go foundation on foundation year. foundation year, and then you go on university. to university. Yeah, yeah. And so what was the main study? Was it the language of Chinese? Um, or Chinese language and Chinese literature. Language and literature. Yeah. I see. So... Uh, in Tsinghua University mm -hmm. uh, for four years. Uh, no, Great. Yeah, four years, correct. Now, I've heard of Tsinghua University, but mm -hmm. I don't remember where it is. It's Beijing. There's two Tsinghua universities in the world. One is in Beijing, one okay. is in Taiwan. Okay. So long, long ago, Taiwan, uh, China, there's some war. Right. So there's a group of researchers, the professor, they moved to Taiwan. Right. So they bring all the resources to Taiwan instead of a new school, um, sister school. In, right. Yeah. That was after the revolution, right? Yes, and then after yes. World War II, obviously. Yes, correct. Yeah. So Tsinghua University, and so physically in Taiwan, is it in Taipei? Or is uh, it? Xinju. Xinju. Yeah, it's still okay. northern part of China, uh, China, okay. Taiwan. Right, Xinju, yeah, I know yeah. where that is now. Wonderful. And you were there for six years. Mm -hmm. Now, um, does 
Malaysia have any type of military service like we have here in Singapore that you had to do? Or? Uh, it's by lucky draw. Lucky draw. Draw a <laughs> lot. Or unlucky draw. Well. Yeah, I'm not that lucky. That, that's why I no need to serve army. <laughs> I'm so worried, you know, that time. <laughs> so you didn't have to serve no need. that. Yeah. So you worked, you did your studies, and then, so you did six years. Uh-huh. And then what does that give you an equivalent of like a bachelor's or a master's yep. degree? Yeah. A bachelor's degree? Uh, no. Or a teaching? BA. A BA, okay. Yeah. Bachelor's degree. And uh-huh. then after, wow, that you must have had a lot of amazing experiences yeah. in Taiwan. Yes, yes, What's yes. What are some of the things that stand out? What was the housing like for you? Did it change a lot while you were there? No, Did you have I, roommates? Or? I stayed in a hostel, okay. a dormitory in school. So um, I have a good roommate, mm-hmm. um, Taiwanese, Malaysian, Hong Kong people. Yeah, so we always talk about, I, I, I feel I'm Taiwanese when I was in Taiwan. I don't feel I'm Malaysian. Yeah, and... During the time, I did a lot of voluntary work. I went to Indonesia for, you know, that time, um, tsunami, Bandar Aceh, that area. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah, so every summer vacation, I would bring a group of students, my friends. We went there for a learning service, community service for one month or one half month for continuous four years. And I also a host for a children program. Yeah, it's a community student program. So so that's why you will see in my class, sometimes like, I like, sounds like a... A hosting a show to really? my student. Like, like Sesame Street or <laughs> yes, some, Electric Company yes, or something like that? Something like, like that. Pee-wee's Playhouse? Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. That's, that's good energy. Like, yeah. So I love to talk to students. I mean, young, young people and small kids. I feel I'm young too. So the language I can use is more easier. And I can like forget who am I now. Mm-hmm. Just enjoy the moment. Great. Yeah. So when you were studying, mm. we all know the life of a student can be very arduous, it can yes. be difficult, a lot of hard work studying, but you have to have fun, blow off some steam. But, you know, finances are always tricky when you're abroad. And So what did you do for fun with your friends when you lived in Taiwan? Oh, I think I'm quite a bored guy because uh, I did a lot of part-time job. I uh-huh. also... Uh, I, I work for my professor as an assistant, and I work for a Chinese language teachers to teaching foreigner. Oh, okay. okay. In work for the Taiwan government. Right. I also work for a computer center as an assistant to solve the uh, computer issues. Yeah. So beside that, I love to share food with my friend. I like uh-huh. to cook different kind of cuisines in hostel, dormitory, or go to people house. Yeah, to just cook. Great. Do you still love to cook? Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. Love I'm the chef of the house now. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> I can't wait to hear more about that. So you are in Taiwan as a student, and then the time comes you finished your studies. Did you come back to Malaysia, or did you then go off to Singapore? What happened after you finished your studies in Taiwan? Before I finished my study, the Singapore Local Ministry, MOE, went to Taiwan to recruit teachers. Okay, this time... I am so worried. What should I do after I graduate? So I sent my application form. They're looking for Chinese language teachers. Then I also went for some other interview, uh, like flight attendant. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. I, I went to uh, Singapore Airlines and Emirates for interviews. And then I get selected by Singapore Airlines. Great. Yeah, but my friend told me that if you rejected the local MOE, you were difficult to come back again. That's why I'm worried. Yeah, so I reached the SIA and then I joined as a teacher. So after I graduate, I back to Malaysia for no, I stayed in Taiwan for six months. After that, I back to Malaysia for three months and I start working as a teacher, as a untrained teacher they call, uh, in a secondary school in Singapore. 
After that, the ministry sent me for teacher training for one year. Excellent. So you started off having the skills, the yep. Mandarin skills, but not the professional training as a teacher. Yes. You'd had experience, but not the That's professional the, training. Correct. And so then they mentored you, and then they assessed you, and then sent you to, to get training. Yeah, they provided get, your training. Yeah, PGDE, the postgraduate education. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good. Postgraduate diploma and, in education. And so you went for that training, and mm-hmm. then what? Uh, after that, I posted back to a secondary school as a teacher. Um, after two years as teaching, and I had opportunity to take our leadership roles um, as a subject head to mentoring about the character and citizenship education, something like discipline, value in action, all this sub area. So for two years, after that, I'm a father. Ah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I'll be a father. So I feel so tired. I need my take care of my family. That's why I talked to my principal. I said, maybe I should step down for a short while, become a normal teacher. Then I can take care of my family. After I started stepping down for one year, another school looking for Chinese language teachers. The school is focused in art because I'm a performing art people. So... I feel that it's an opportunity for me to try something different. Definitely. Yeah. Well, two quick questions. First of all, when did you get married? And was your wife from... Yeah, my, from my wife is a local, from, Singapore. From Singapore? Okay. Singapore, yeah. So you married a, somebody from Singapore. Yes. I never expect. Never. <laughs> it's not in my plan. <laughs> uh, but what's my plan? I'm also not sure. <laughs> Unexpected, I'm married. Yeah. And I'd be a father after I'm married. Then my wife also a Chinese language teacher in Singapore. Oh, okay. So we meet each other, each other in a teacher training program. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And so you have one child? Two child. Two children. Okay, Two children. so what, what, boy and a girl, girl and, and a boy? Girls and boy. The girls is elder ones, five years old now. Okay. And the boy is three years old oh, in that's, IFS. That's maternal. wonderful. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And is your, your daughter is not at IFS though? She's... Uh, yeah, maternal. Oh, they're both in... Yeah, okay. session and petit session. Wonderful. Yeah, that's why I came to this school. Oh, you need to learn French. Then. That's why. <laughs> because they're going to be speaking French so yeah, they can, very they can quickly. Talk, the, the sister can talk to the brother in French sometime. I'm like, how are you talking about? <laughs> so I'm so curious. How does your wife feel about your kids learning French and not being in a Singaporean school? Yes, at first my wife so concerned about this. and said, we don't speak French at home and right. have no this kind of experience in French curriculum. Yeah, why you want them to learn French? At first, I want them to try different curriculum because Singaporean school, you know, kindergarten, primary school, secondary school, the government have planned well for you all the path. Yes. But I just want they do something different. Right. They try different curriculums. That's why I, when I see the school have opportunity to looking for Mandarin teachers, then I apply and then... Right. And as a teacher's here, my children also here. <laughs> That's great. Now, obviously, bilingual education, no yeah. matter what the language is, yes. studies have shown that there are benefits to bilingual yes. education. doesn't yeah. matter if they're learning Swahili or, you know, Swedish or French or, you know, Malay. It doesn't yeah. matter. Bilingual yeah. education yeah. has positive benefits on, on the learners. But there are so many challenges yes. to yeah. overcome. Communication yeah. and yeah. How about the logistics of being a teacher here and having your kids here? Do you bring them to and from school every day? It depends on my timetable. I see. Yeah, if the first period I have no lesson, I can bring my child to school. Mm-hmm. If not, my parent-in-laws, uh, they stay with us. So I they see. can help us to, to send our children to school. Thanks them. Okay. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And how far away do you live from I, the school? I stay around IFS. At first, I'm staying in yeah. Woodlands. I see. Yeah, because I came to this school, I rent out my house in Woodlands. And I rent another house in opposite school. Oh, great. That's yeah, great. So yeah. I can see IFS every day. That's the beautiful thing about Singapore is we're <laughs> small. No matter where you are, 
you're not far. Yeah. But you can actually be very close. Yes. And so that was one of the big reasons we came here. We like to walk to work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So you got married, you've had kids, you changed schools, and then the kids kind of led you to the French school. Mm-hmm. Now, did the idea of putting the kids in the school come after you saw there was a job opening, or did you want to put them in a uh, international school first and then looked for one with a job open. Like if the German school uh-huh. had had an opening for a Chinese teacher, would you have perhaps put him in the German school? I don't think so. Oh. I feel that now family time is more important for me after I know about the French culture. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And Chinese always family first. It is. It yeah. Is. So I feel that they should be with me together. Yeah. But yeah. now I'm concerned is uh, because Singaporeans, they have to get an appeal, uh, assumption by local MOE if they can continue in international school. I see. They need the exemption, and they get that thanks to their father, who's... Uh, a teacher here. A teacher, but also not Singaporean, right? Uh, both. They have dual nationality. Oh, but you. Uh, I'm but you. a relation. Yeah. I thought there was a law that if both parents were Singaporean, they had to go to a Singaporean school. Yes. But exactly. since you're Malaysian... Because that could be part of the reason that they get the exemption, right? That and the fact the that process. you work here. Seeing the, seeing the process, we don't know the outcome yet. <laughs> I see. I'm always happy to learn of colleagues that have their kids at the school had two children graduate from the school. And it makes you feel like you're a part of it. Yeah, part of sense things. of belonging. And I don't know how you feel, but I'm American, but I have a French nationality now. But, mm-hmm. but it is nice to have a feeling of belonging where you work. And yeah. it's not always easy if yeah. you're not French to yeah. feel that in a French environment. But... Yeah, but I found the school to be very welcoming overall. Yes. Now you said very quietly, but I heard you, and I'm sure a lot of other people did too, that you're in the performing arts. You're a performing arts person. <laughs> what does that mean? Tell me what that means. Uh, I'm a part-time actor. Part-time in, actor. Okay. Yeah, in Singapore. So sometimes you will see me in local Chinese language, Chinese TV. I'd have to watch Chinese TV though. <laughs> yeah, if you watch Chinese TV, <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to send me the link because I'm not against watching it. It's just I don't stumble across it. Accidentally. Sometimes some student they watch TV. They say, "Oh, Mr. Honda, I saw you on TV. They take a screenshot, and it's Laoshi. It is you." I say, "I say uh, it's not familiar, but I'm not sure if me." <laughs> I, at first, I'm not admit. I not admit it. I just oh. like. You know, student know I'm a part-time actor. But after a while, I feel that, no, I should let them know. I'm, your teacher is also a part-time actor, and you, you are having an actor in your school, in a class. Yeah, so also to promote the Chinese language learning. How to use the language in performing arts, in theater, in drama. When did this practice of acting, when did you start performing? As a young kid or right off mm-hmm. in school or mm-hmm. in Taiwan? How did this happen? When I was in secondary school, I'm in the theater uh, as an ECA. Yeah, so I'm one of the lead uh, member in the theater performance. Uh, after I graduate from secondary school, went to Taiwan, there's no lesser chance for me to performance uh, the theater. So I, I uh, go for hosting the, the children program. But after I back from Taiwan in Singapore, there's a diploma in acting Chinese by Media Corp, which means local broadcast center. They're hosting a diploma in acting Chinese. So I just submit my application form and get selected, and then I can go for te- actor training yeah, so after one year half part-time training morning I still went to school at night or weekend I went for the broadcast center or training center for performing art actings body language all these voice projecting trainings one year 
then I have an opportunity to participate in some show and the casting management will see my portfolio and there's some suitable roles they will call me for the show. And so you were taking these training courses while you were teaching in Chinese schools or in Singaporean schools you were teaching Mandarin. Yes. And so it was a passion of yours something you like to do. Yes. It's tiring but I enjoy the moment because school work is so tired Mm -hmm. you know local school the work is not easy and at night I have to go for Mediacorp, the training center, to trainings. So, but I enjoy it. No matter how tired am I, I was like, enjoy when I step into the, 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 the classroom. I, I'm not a teacher anymore. I'm a student. I enjoy learning, talk to my friend who have the same interests as me. Yeah, so I can like, no, I'm not a teacher. I can be a doctor, lawyer, police, a murderer, or someone's <laughs> a gossip neighbor. Yeah, so how to understand the character, how to understand the, the simple line, the simple sentence in, in different perform way. For example, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. <laughs> it's different way to, to, to use the same sentence. So I also can use this strategy into my classroom. Yeah, so I can what, apply what I've learned in the classroom too. So after a while, I feel that it's, it's good. I can enjoy, go for an actor life, also in a teacher's life. When you're acting, is it mostly screen acting now? Have you done much stage uh, uh, live performance? Uh, no, in TV, on TV. Screen acting. And do you yeah. do advertisements and other casting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, they, opportunities? They, they have my portfolio. Right. So um, sometimes the casting will call me and then the different production house. Also, my friends working there after so many years in the, in the industry. So I have some friends there. So they will call me, Honda, are you free for this show? We have uh, our producer have looked at your portfolio. So this show is suitable for you. But said I have class, I cannot go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so normally it's during weekend or during the holiday. I'm so busy on this area. <laughs> do you share what you do with your friends and family? Do you, do you say, look, I'm going to be in this? So no, here's the thing. I never you, share. Yeah, you, en- you enjoy doing it. But yes. When they say, Honda, can I see you on the show? Uh, which show? Uh, can you give me the link? Which episode? I say, sometimes I also, I, I'm not sure because when they give you the script, they know this scene, but you don't know when it will come up from TV. And they don't tell you, right? Sometimes they will tell me, sometimes they won't. It's funny, I have a funny story. When I was in Taiwan, a friend of mine, uh, I like to play music Mm -hmm. with my friends. A friend of mine who was, um, he was married to a Taiwanese Mm -hmm. uh, pop star, former pop star, Uh so she knew some producers. And they had a new pop star, a very young Taiwanese girl called Yao Kuang Yu, I think Uh her name was. This was in the early 90s, and she'd made a couple of songs, and they wanted to record some music videos, and they wanted a band behind her to pretend to be playing and <laughs> and they wanted some foreigners and so a bunch of french people and me and you know i organized the people and we, we we made this music video for a couple of songs uh-huh. pretending to play the instruments and i never knew what happened after that yes, and then yeah and then one day i asked a friend of mine i said whatever happened to that he says oh it was on mtv and and i said oh i'd love to see it and so he found me a, a video cassette uh-huh. which then i don't think i ever looked at mm-hmm. i put it in my closet mm-hmm. and over christmas uh-huh. i got it digitized and i just looked at it in january this year uh-huh. and it was it's me and a bunch of friends and my wife were all singing and pr- Pretending, pretending, yeah, and we're, it's it's like 1994. Uh-huh. It's it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so funny. Now, I know what you mean. I tell this story because there are opportunities for people when they go abroad for this type of acting. Yeah. But if you really get into it, it's yeah. a hard professional job. Yeah. But you're not sure when you're going to see what yeah. you've been a part of, and it's really 
for me, we were just a small part of what was going on. Yeah, we had no big lead. <laughs> yeah, we were pretending anyway. We weren't actually playing. So. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's like it's playing. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy. You yeah. can talk to different actors, actress, and some people have some common interests in the industry. It's not easy to make friends in the entertainment industry. Some more in theater, performing arts, is not easy. There are some people who have started some theater companies, some French people mm-hmm. and, and French-speaking people from Canada. There are a few theater companies around Singapore that I know of, mm-hmm. Sing Theater, Natalie mm-hmm. Sing Theater. They have courses that teach theater to kids, yeah, uh, yeah, musical yeah. theater and stuff like Have you ever considered doing that kind of teaching too? Yeah, yeah I, after I graduated from the te- actor training, the center asked me if I can teach children in theater, in drama. So over the weekend, before COVID, I also were um, drama teachers uh, for the children from kindergarten all the way to secondary school. Okay. Yeah, as a teenager. So enjoying, because it's totally different, performing arts, theater, and language, how to combine together and use the body language and the emotions and facial expressions. Yeah, it's a show. Now that you're here, what are you teaching here at IFS? Mm-hmm. What age groups? I know you're teaching Sankiem because <laughs> I sat in on your presentation last yeah. week when the CZM students were learning about which languages they might want to take yeah. next year. Yeah. And Mandarin is one of their three choices yes, between yeah. Spanish, Mandarin, and German. Yeah. And uh, four. Yeah, four levels. Four different levels. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. I see. And MCC in theater. Oh, MCC in theater. Yeah. So MCC is, is Mandarin culture and civilization. Ah. So we have history, we have Chinese sport, we have theater, lion dance. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And what age group does the MCC? Uh, from C from Sankiem, CZM, Sankiem, Katiem, Tuaziem. So is it a mixed level, or are the each one is separate? Each one is separate. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I focus in KTM theater, MCC. So the KTM student will learn theater from me. Uh, not focus in language, it's focus in the theater. For example, we learn about Beijing opera. How to use a imp- Beijing opera in improvision performances is so interesting. You can see the French student with a yellow hair, fair skin, and then wearing a Beijing opera mask to do the body language in Beijing opera. Wow, like, I'm so touching when I see them. Oh. Successful. How many years did you teach in a Singaporean school? And you, and you haven't taught in Malaysia, have you? Never. No. Half of my life in overseas. Half your life overseas. Yeah. yeah. By the time you're done, it'll be more than more than that, right? <laughs> yes. I, told, I always told my student, I'm Taiwanese. <laughs> you're Taiwanese. <laughs> yeah. How many years did you spend teaching in, in a local school? Local school? Eight years. Eight years. This is my second year. Oh, your second year. Okay, you arrived last year. Okay. Mm. You mentioned that the teaching in the local school was challenging, right? Mm, mm, mm. A lot of work. Mm. But other than that, what, what are some of the differences that you noticed in teaching here at the French school and teaching in a local school? In French school, I feel that the teachers have more freedoms. Teachers can do a lot of things they want to do. Uh, the school trusts the teachers a lot so that um, beside the framework, you can do whatever you want to do. And as long as the student is learning and enjoying your learning. And the exam is, de- is depend by the teachers, how many exams you want to in a week, how to exam, the format. But in local school, is different. Everyone is, everything is standardized. So how many months, how many exams a year, how many projects to submit a year, the grading, the setting the paper... It's all different from the French system. I see. Mm-hmm. And how do they manage that? How yeah, do they, I, I don't know how. How, how, do they, how do they make sure that that's happening? Mm-hmm. There's, before the school end, we have a teacher's planning for next year. 
plan for the assessments, the curriculum, the what textbook you want to use, the topics, the homeworks, even the ECA, even the after-school program. Everything we have to plan one year in advance. I see. For next year. So in the morning, teachers report in school in 7 a.m. or 7.30, depending on the school, and get out from the school sometimes 6 or 7. And this is only in schoolwork. When back home, we have to go for marking. I see. And then uh, sometimes I have to go home visit, call the parents, uh, reply the email. Sometimes I work until 10 or 11. You say home visit. Yes, home visit. Explain what a home visit is. For example, some students um, didn't attend school for a few days. So as the teachers, we have to show concern to understand what happened. So I feel that this is very meaningful sometimes because... Uh, in school, student is like that, but when they're at home, maybe another role. So some students, they are maybe for low-income family, they have, they, maybe they're sick, maybe they have family issue, or maybe they have other problem. we don't know. So as a teacher, it's good to find out what happened in home, so how as a parent, as a student, and the teachers, we can work together to help the students. It's like holistic education. Right. So you actually go to their house and yes, knock yes. on the door? Do you phone before going? Yes, or? I need to call the parents. If the parent's not at home, I go to the door, ding-dong, open the door, you were shocked. Wow, what happened to this family? At home and school, totally different. Yeah, some family, some students, they have some their own issue. Um, sometimes they don't want to share in school. So at home, they will talk to me. I like their counsellor sometimes. So they're willing to share with me. After they share with me their problem, I had to seek help. For example, like um, talk to the school to discuss with other teachers how we can help this student to make the student stand up again. Right. Yeah. Right. That's... Uh... That's very interesting. It seems like a powerful tool. Yes. One that is not as common elsewhere. So yes. that's very demanding. Was it difficult for you to leave teaching, Singaporean school teaching, to coming to this school? There must have been some challenges to moving to this school, mm-hmm. in spite of the fact that you have more freedom, perhaps, more trust, fewer hours, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But there's still challenges in coming mm-hmm. to this type of school. Is there anything that stands out for you? I think it's, it's, my, it's my children. I yeah. came to this school because of my children. So right. children is a main factor to, to come to this school. Right. So, yeah. So no matter what, I feel that as a father, I can take in care. I can see my children around me when they're in different school. We are in the same campus. I'm happy with that. So I hope they can continue in primary school and secondary school in the IFS. Yeah, or else they have to go back to local school. I see. Yeah. The curriculum in local school is good, but... It's different, different culture, different curriculum. Yeah. Different culture and different curriculum. Now, is your wife still teaching in a Singaporean school? Yes. I see. I yes. see. So our, our holiday is totally different. Oh, that must be challenging. <laughs> yes, a big, big challenge. And her school year starts after... after January. The, yeah, it starts in January, yeah. and yours ends in <laughs> July. So, yes, correct. And, and July. it starts in... So that must be quite a challenge. Yeah, that's why we can't travel. After COVID now, it's better, but we still can't travel very long. We only can go to like nearby country, like I see. Taiwan, Thailand... Right. Now, do you still have family in JB right across the causeway? Yeah. So do you pop over. Are you able to get over, over the weekend? Over the weekend. Yeah. You have, do you have a car so you can yeah. get across easily or yeah. quickly without having to organize transport? That's yeah. good. Yeah. I, that sounds sounds like an opportunity to be Welcome able to Welcome to over. JB. I can bring you around for seafood and some good restaurants. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. That would be great. I'd love to talk food too. This. I'm always curious. Now, since you know you're you're multicultural, uh-huh. you're, you're Taiwanese. You're Malaysia. Malay, you're Sing- uh, Singaporean. <laughs> You've got all these different backgrounds. What is the best bakute, in your opinion? 
<laughs> no, you probably you probably don't want to risk saying this on the air because it could it could divide your fan base, right? <laughs> Every culture is good culture. <laughs> I'm learning. Yeah, yeah. I I prefer the bakute over in Malaysia, a little uh-huh. bit a little bit thicker, a little less clear, a little less pepper. That's mm. my yeah. The the different uh, white white bakute mm-hmm. or the black bakute in Singapore is different. Yeah, it's quite yeah, different. Yeah, chili crab. And then the Hokkien noodles, the wonton noodles, the chicken yeah. rice, mm-hmm. rojak, all this is Malaysia. Sometimes different from Singapore. Oh, just a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you can enjoy the local local Malaysian Chinese food or Malay food in China, in Malaysia. Yeah, it's something that people talk about often, mm-hmm. but for a good reason. And mm-hmm. I found that, uh, you know, there are people who really get into the culture of the hawker center and going yeah. out and having the dish. Uh, but it is also quite different from French culture. I'm sure you've noticed, uh-huh. you know, of the sit down dinner. And of course, you know, yeah. French food is amazing, right? <laughs> but you the- remind me one day, there's one French colleague, um, invite me to the house, have food. The plate is so big. Yeah. The food is so little. <laughs> it looks so nice. <laughs> I like, I can finish in one bite. How can they just cut a small piece and then like talk and talk and wine from seven all the way until 12? <laughs> like, three dishes and then big plate, small, small portion. That's right. I can eat three times the amount in yeah. one-tenth the time. Yes. Yes. After that, I feel like oh, I'm still hungry. After the whole dinner, I went, I went to McDonald's. No. <laughs> That's funny. But, you know, if, if you take your time and slowly appreciate, then eventually you, you get used to it. Then oftentimes they have the cheese and yes. the dessert. Yes. Wow. Well, yeah. It's, a, what, it's a completely while. different culture. Yeah. yeah completely yeah. different. And I appreciate, I appreciate all of them differently. Now I understand the French culture. Food have to like slowly talk, drink wine, socialize. Mm-hmm. Yes. Sharing experience. Yeah. Not about Chinese, you know, Singaporean fast, everything fast, half an hour. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> 15 minutes, had to finish your food. Well, I've really enjoyed talking with you, and I'm sure there's something I've forgotten to ask you. If mm-hmm. there's anything you can think of that is worth mentioning that I didn't even ask you about. Uh, I'm what? teachers, I'm a father, I'm an actor, and... I have my own social media platform. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. What, what's so, that? Like, like, t- like you t- have your own t- Instagram, um, definitely Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. So some students, I don't know how they know my TikTok account. Oh, I, it's a public account, right? Yeah, but they will find out, and then they will share the video, the link to well, the classmate. Give us your handle. <laughs> we want to check this out. We want to see it. Yeah, you know, some. I feel that we. So, I can I can put a link in the show notes too. Sure. If you send me a direct link. Sure. Too. Yeah, because the teenager now they use a lot of social media platforms. Yeah. So how to use the social media platform as a tool to engage them in the lesson? So sometimes I will record some TikTok video in the classroom. I'm alone, right? Without students. Without students. Then yeah. sometimes they found out, or I use the video to, as a tool to share with them. So how to use this Chinese as a talk about Chinese culture? Okay. Yeah, dance, dance, or like recently the famous the chiki cha cha boom boom. Yeah. Then, yeah. The Chinese songs, yeah. So th- that's interesting. Mm. And I noticed when I was sitting in on mm. your presentation last mm-hmm. week that you speak Mandarin to the kids, mm-hmm. but there's some things to get their attention and to make sure that they understand exactly what you're expecting from them. It was a, it was a short presentation. You used English with them at times, yep. right? Yeah. Because you obviously speak English as, as one of your languages, but uh, French, you don't quite have the French 
fluency yep. yet Correct. that Correct. you would want if you're going to use the language of instruction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. So have you ever had an experience where any of your students had trouble understanding you because they didn't know English well enough? Yes, yes. And, and how do you manage in cases like that? Um, do you use other students to help you translate or do you um, use body movement, gestures? Yes, yes. yeah, <laughs> acting. Acting? Yeah, yeah acting. acting. So sometimes we do fish, chicken, they don't know how to do that. I act out the whole progress. A, a sentence actually is a show. Yeah, so I act out, this is what I ah, yes. eat, oh, yeah. fish, and the, last night. Yeah, and the listeners couldn't see you miming, but you were doing some excellent miming movements. And, uh, yeah. And, I mean, I think even if I were deaf, <laughs> I would have understood everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. It's quite enjoy because the whole class, look at me, Lao Shi, what is this, what is this, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> They're doing all the the movements with yeah. you and asking for those students who yeah. don't speak English. Yeah, because my French language is limited education, limited. <laughs> so far, so far. <laughs> so are you are you learning French? Yeah, yeah, learning French. Excellent. Yeah, in excellent. school, the project, the Viva Link. Yeah, mm-hmm. so twice a month, twice a week, twice a week. Yeah, lovely. I lovely. enjoy talking to my teachers. Yeah. Well, Honda, it has been a pleasure speaking with you, and I love to talk with you more. The bell is going to ring soon, and we have to get back to work. But thank you for taking the time and sitting down with me and sharing your parcours <laughs> with all of the listeners here for Parcours. Uh-huh. And until next time, I guess I'll say bye now. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, everyone. This has been Parkour Ed with Colin Daly. Today's guest was Mr. Honda, Mandarin teacher at IFS. If you like today's program, why not share it with a friend or post it on social media? You could even go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. If you'd like to be on the show, please send me an email at colindaly at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear from you. Bye now. <laughs>